there's a bit of a trigger warning if you are very disturbed by uh, mean doctor's appointments. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it as light as possible. Um, our guest, I'm sure, is going to uh, tell us good <laughs> things, so it'll still be a good thing to listen to um, either way. This is Fat Girl Hacks. I'm Jamie Frost. <laughs> I'm Megan Peters. Nina Vento. Fat Girl I'm not the only one who's going to be talking. Right. Everybody's going to be talking, right? Right. Yeah, because I have questions to ask, and I have, I mean, me and Nina were not, and like, listen, I'm not saying this in the thing that it's part of us, too, but yeah. we were right yeah. there with you I, with this. Like, ironically, on know? last week's episode, I talked about what an amazing experience I had at the ER and Instacare, which isn't a thing. What is, what is, what is <laughs> it? Urgent care. Urgent care. <laughs> I had an amazing experience at the ER and urgent care. They were all very kind. They were all very professional. It was wonderful. So I had to follow up with my doctor. I'm going to disclose some medical information about myself. Um, and I'm cool with that. I don't, I think it's going to be more helpful to everyone than it will be hurtful to me. Um, so bear with me. So I had some bad liver numbers. And they asked me to follow up with my primary. Um, I called my primary. Uh, my actual doctor wasn't available. So they, you know, do that thing where they're like, you can see another doctor in the office. And I'm like, whatever. They just want me to get these blood tests. <sighs> so they put me in and I'm going to go the next day. I dread it so much because I see that I have a male doctor. And I don't know about you ladies, but I don't like a male doctor. No offense to male doctors. They can be very intelligent. Mm -hmm. I want somebody who isn't going to talk to me the way a man talks to me <laughs> when I go to the doctors. It's just my preference. At this point, I'm still very sick. I'm in a lot of pain. Um, and I go to the doctor. And I, at this point, I had been sweating for like seven hours straight. For no reason. I am just sweating. Before I get too into this, we didn't have our guest introduce herself. <laughs> meow, meow, meow. Kevin, move this part to the front. We do a guest today, and uh, I'm going to have the guest introduce herself because that's the yeah. best way to move do it without messing it up. My name is Suzanne Johnson. I am a family medicine nurse practitioner. And she's uh, yeah. <laughs> just an amazing badass. And I practice from the health at every yeah. size perspective so that everyone, regardless of body size or health status, should have access to high quality yeah. health care. And uh, do you want to do you want to tell us your apps or anything so we can if anybody wants to follow you? Sure. I uh, am at Go on Instagram. I do not have Twitter or TikTok. I'm not a cool kid. <laughs> it's all I can do to maintain an Instagram. So, and Suze is S-U-Z. We'll, we'll also... And I myself am a fat person and a fat healthcare provider, which is a very unique niche, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. But if you follow Suzanne, I mean, I think you use your Instagram and social media media very responsibly. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like she get, 
just her normal Instagram is science-based information. Yeah. Um, calling people out on their shit, like when they got get caught in it. Standing up for people like us, like Suze is one of the bravest people I know. So yeah, um, yeah, definitely follow her. Yeah, I remember when COVID started, I was telling, like, I have friends that were freaking out over COVID, and I was like, listen, follow this Instagram. You'll get so much information. Just go there. If you have questions, you're going to, it's going to get answered. You get information. So Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. it's definitely great to have you here, and it's great to know you. Yeah. <laughs> and, to, and, to, and to have you as an advocate and as somebody that we can reach out to um, when we run into circumstances like I did um, recently. Right. I, ne- I remember the first thing I did after my appointment was I called Megan and screamed at her. And then I <laughs> and then I got home, called my daddy and cried. And then I was like, I'm going to insta- I'm going to DM Suzanne <laughs> and see what she has. Um, so I go to this doctor's appointment and. Um, uh, like I said, I'm drilling, I'm dreading it, but the guy walks in, you know, half an hour late for my appointment and I see that he's balding and a little chubby and I'm like, okay, maybe it won't be so bad. (laughs) Um, so I have something that is called fatty liver and Suzanne, what's fatty liver? There's a, (laughs) it's liver this thing. I'm going to, I'll get a little technical. So there is a condition that's called NAFLD, so non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And you will probably hear about it a lot in the contemporary media because people will talk about it in regards to their war on the obesity epidemic. Essentially, what it means is that you you develop fat in your liver or... you. And you normally have fat around your liver. It cushions it in your body so it's not jostling around the rest of your organs. Like a pinball machine. People who are in larger bodies or higher weight are not necessarily predisposed to fatty liver disease. Prior to becoming a nurse practitioner, I actually spent five years working on a unit at a tertiary care hospital, so a big hospital. And we took care of people with all sorts of liver diseases. And we saw a lot of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. It also used to be called NASH, or non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. But the terminology is I have hepatitis? (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. So it's not something that... The generally where you have like a course of illness, it's usually something that I in my practice find incidentally mm-hmm. where I do lab work for someone and I see that they're, as you said, liver numbers, but the technical term is uh, liver function tests. <laughs> so we're looking at, at three particular values and we'll see elevation there. Yeah. Elevation in those numbers can be caused by a lot of different things. So I don't want people to say, oh, I got my lab work back and these numbers are elevated so I have fatty liver disease Mm -hmm. or hepatitis (laughs) or something like that. In my patient population, I most typically look at those numbers because 
many of my patients do have hepatitis C. Okay. But you can see elevation from hepatitis A or B and other inflammatory conditions. Um, yeah, and at this time nature. I had some unknown virus that was most likely causing the severe inflammation. Yes. Um, so I went to my doctor to follow up on that, and I was greeted with the fact that this is a problem because I am fat. Um, I am not somebody that is shy about the word fat. I am not somebody who is going to, you know, uh, be upset that somebody tells me it's my body weight that did something. Um, but, you know, whatever. We moved on. Uh, <laughs> I asked him why my why this was happening now. And I think the correct answer would have been you had a virus that caused some inflammation. But his take on it was because I am too fat. Um, he instructed me in the ways of serving sizes. He told me that there are serving sizes on packages, in case you didn't know. There's, there's nutritional information. You can read And that, you know, most packages come with multiple servings in a package, and I should not eat more than one serving. Um, I was told to calorie count, um, uh, he started to instruct me in the way of calorie counting, and I actually stopped him and said, before you continue, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I think this agitated him. He actually uh, encouraged me to eat under 2,000 calories, to which I was like, wait, let me get clarification. You want me to eat under 2,000 calories? And he said, yes, a normal person only needs 2,000 calories. <gasps> Has he met toddlers? <laughs> I mean, even my Fitbit knows I shouldn't eat under 2,000 wow. calories. And, and this man is a doctor. Um, he, I, I told him that I had done calorie counting type diets before, i.e. Weight Watchers, who does calorie counting through points. And we just call it something different. They won't know. And Fitbit. And he asked me why I couldn't stick with it. What? <laughs> he asked me literally, you just couldn't stick with it? To which I told him that I was so committed to diets at points that I'd made myself sick. I actually was on 21 day fix, lost 30 pounds in a month. And my doctor was like, stop doing this diet <laughs> because I had got, I had started getting sick every day. So already I have told this doctor that I know how to calorie count. It hasn't worked for me and that I've made myself sick before. And yet he continued. He um, asked me when I drive up to a building, do I take the stairs or the elevator? To which I said, it depends on that day. Like, do I don't know. Do I have my period? Because I'm going to take the elevator. <laughs> I have a rancher and I still have an elevator. I feel like all of these questions I would have wanted to put back to him. Like you said, he was balding. And my first question would be like, were you able to stick with Rogan? Yes! Was that successful? I actually thought and of that. And where's your car parked? <laughs> I was actually. Are you taking a jog at lunch? <laughs> I was actually really polite still at this point because I get it. Like some doctors don't know 
that they're wrong. So I took it as my chance to teach him that he was wrong. Um, so he also asked me if I park my car far away from the store when I go. I, at that point, told him that I am not allowed to leave my house because there's a pandemic. So I take the stairs often in my own house uh, because I have not learned levitating. Um, he <laughs> and this was all just regarding your fatty liver, not the sickness that you had for two weeks that like you couldn't do anything. Yeah, I was I was sick for three weeks at this point, right. and I was in a lot of pain. And one of my main question was, what can mm-hmm. you do for my pain? Which was completely That's ignored. Yeah. And he continued on the you're fat because you don't move. You just job around <laughs> your couch all day. So I informed him that I do yoga. I used to do spin. I've started taking a dance class. He continued on that I just don't move enough and that I don't do enough. Um, I informed him that I can do a headstand and that I can take spin with skinny bitches and be fine. And he continued to ignore me. Um, He told me that the reason my liver was fat at this time is because it caught my weight caught up with me. My BMI, oh my, God. my BMI, my bad cholesterol and my high blood pressure caught up with me. Here's a little more medical information for everyone. I do have a high BMI. I do have high blood pressure because when I was 20 years old, my kidney was crushed in an accident. And so I have hypertension because I have um, blood vessels or blood uh, highways. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> You've damaged to your kidney. <laughs> it, damaged to it's fine. <laughs> There's probably a component of sclerosis affects the blood flow. Yes, yes. And most of us are destined to develop hypertension anyway. Yeah. When you think about how many years our heart has to pump blood around our body and how we lose elasticity in those vessels over time. So yeah. that's a fun sidebar <laughs> we can go down there. <laughs> but I do, I do have what they call secondary hypertension. So it's not yes. caused necessarily by my weight. It is caused by my kidney damage. Um, and then he said I had bad cholesterol. I would like to note to the world that I have amazing cholesterol. I have always had amazing cholesterol. I have genetically amazing cholesterol. My father will eat bacon five times a day, and he has amazing cholesterol. I know that this is a genetic predisposition for me. So he did not believe that I have good cholesterol, even though there was a test from the hospital a week earlier that said I had good cholesterol. So he's like, she fucked this up in the week since she's been in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see. You should have told him you studied for the test. That's why you did so well. <laughs> um, so after we argued, we argued a, a bunch. Um, he said, let me go look at the rest of your tests and I'll be back with what we're going to do for you. And I'm like, cool. Great. Go look at that cholesterol test again. So he leaves me in this office for 20 minutes in which I'm texting Nina and Megan um, and just saying how outraged I am and I need to talk as soon as this is over. Um, <laughs> he comes back. As soon as I finish up these cotton balls, he left me in the 
<laughs> so he comes back in 20 minutes later and he has a script in his hand. Like you don't usually see handwritten scripts these days unless somebody's going right. to give you like opioids. Like they don't give you handwritten scripts. So I'm like, oh, he must be giving me something weird for my liver pain. So he sits down and he says, listen, what we're going to do is I'm going to, I put in for your test. You're going to get another liver test, you know, the, the blood test. I'm going to get another cholesterol test because he doesn't believe the test from a week ago. And I'm going to give you uh, a meprazole again. I had been on a meprazole for years and he's saying that my uh, acid reflux could be also affecting my liver. No, it's not. So he gives me a meprazole to go back <laughs> on. Then he puts the script down and he says, now this is an official script. This is a script that is signed by him. This is a script that has the license number and everything. He puts it down and what is written on the script is take a walk daily and weigh yourself daily. This is what he has decided to give me as a prescription is that my ass needs to walk more. Now I understand that there are ways to say things yeah, <laughs> and there are ways to convey things. If he had been listening and he heard that I do active things, he could have said, that's great. I hear you're active. Do 20 minute walks to add on to that. Cause you need to keep moving. You need to, there's ways to say things. Now I walked out of the office with that script, mostly for evidence. Um, and got in my car. I did not yell at him. I told him, you know, I hoped he had a good day. And then I went home. On my way home, I, I screamed at Megan. And then I came home and called my daddy and cried to him. Because I'm 39 years I old. I would have cried. And he and he threatened to call the doctor. <laughs> good, he should have. And then me and my husband sat down and we wrote an official complaint. Um. So now that you've heard the whole appointment, Suzanne, what are your thoughts? I mean, just so many. When I saw that DM from you, I you know, I was at my desk in my office and I just was so appalled because I feel like we hear these stories, but it's different when it's someone yeah. who you know. Yeah. And I am always astounded by medicine's ability to screw mm. up this badly. Um, I know I'm only a nurse oh. practitioner and not Please. a doctor, <laughs> yeah. but um, this wasn't even patient-centered care. I mean, he left you alone in the room for 20 minutes yeah. to look at your labs. We we have computers in most of the exam he rooms. He had a laptop. Or you have a laptop, and you're supposed to, you're supposed to incorporate the patient when you're going through test results and things like that. So presumably that yeah. was a passive aggressive move. Also, you're right. We don't handwrite scripts anymore. New Jersey is has really fantastic prescriptions. Like you have to get them from the state of New Jersey and they're very <laughs> official looking. And so again, like another point of intimidation, he could have just written those things yeah. in your aftercare summary that would have gotten printed out and sent home with you. So the act of writing it out on a prescription pad is like a particular kind of violence. Yeah. Um, 
unfortunately, the literature regarding the treatment of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, the first intervention is 10% weight loss. So you have to decide as a provider that you are going to weigh that with your knowledge about the success of diets and how many people are able to keep weight off over a certain time period before you say, hey, you need to lose 10% of your weight or have yeah. bariatric surgery. Uh-huh. Um, Reagan Chastain just put out within the last two weeks these yeah. health sheets, which you can take with you to the doctor that cover a variety of chronic conditions that talk about the management of those conditions, not from a weight loss perspective. So I think that those are really great tools for patients to use because unfortunately there are very few haze-aligned doctors. Not sure about nurse practitioners, but I feel like healthcare in general is very much places the onus on the patient. I will say you and I are the same weight, (laughs) Likely of a similar BMI, I do not have fatty liver disease. I also do not have diabetes or many other things that we attribute to living in a larger body. My other frustration with this is that he completely ignored the possibility that Uh there was something much more serious going on. So Megan had clued me into the fact that you had been feeling very poorly for several weeks. You had had fevers. So again, like... Fatty liver disease doesn't generally present with that kind of acuity. So I'd want to know, like, did you take a trip to Costa Rica three years ago and get exposed to hepatitis A and now, like, you're having a weird flare? Um, Or is this a component of autoimmune hepatitis that we're missing or primary sclerosing cholangitis? Or any of those other etiologies that could cause this. Instead, he's like, this is your weight, you're fat, and this is your problem. And if you eat less and move more, then it will be fixed. Oh, yeah. He told me when I eat a bag of potato chips to make sure to just leave three chips in the bag. Just leave three chips. And where is that an evidence-based intervention? Yeah, he was like, when you when you eat dinner, leave a little bit of food on your plate. And my husband's like, now he wants you to waste food? <laughs> the point is shame. The right. point is, I don't know what to do for you. I don't know yeah. how to make you feel and I, better. And it's your fault, yeah, not my fault. Exactly and when I complained, like. I, I will say that I asked them to contact me because I felt like there wasn't enough room in the thousand word, mm-hmm. letters I got to describe what had happened to me. Um, So I did have an administrator call me that uh, listened to what happened. It's funny because every once in a while, like I told her that he told me what serving sizes were. And she was like, are you serious? Like you can tell she was like, this is a problem. Um, And I genuinely hope that they take it serious. And also like the, the haze sheets that you sent me, you sent me the medical, I don't know what you called them, the medical sheets, the information sheets. Health tip sheet kind of Health thing. tip sheet, yeah. Um, it says on it, like, switching somebody to a low-calorie diet could worsen 
the fatty liver disease. And I'm like, this man had no idea what he was talking about. He's telling me to eat under my calories that I need to survive as a human. And he's also telling me to to worsen my condition, possibly. And how many... I think it's really interesting, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Nina, that I never even thought about it the way Suzanne pointed it. Like, the doctor was flexing the whole time, like... Yeah. Shut up, stop complaining, get out of my office. Yeah, he didn't like and that I stopped him. He didn't him. know what was right. going on. Yeah. This is why my suggestion was not only to alert the practice to his behavior, but the board of medicine. Yeah. Because my feeling is, if this is how he treated you, like a cis white female, how is he treating fat black people? <laughs> Or black people in general. Oh, yeah. Or someone whose first right. language is in English. Right. Yeah, the woman, I could hear the appointment before me in the room next to me. Um, and he also told her to uh, count calories. And I was like, is this guy a one-trick pony? Is this the only thing he says to fat women? I told the practice, I was like, this man does not know how to speak to women. And he definitely doesn't know how to speak to fat women. And he does not listen. I, he did not like that I talked back. He didn't like and that. And is he a registered dietitian? Yeah. Because right. the nutrition information that is learned in med school and nursing school is the bare minimum. Yeah. I just, I just was, I have never, I've had bad appointments. I've had appointments where I've had to like fight back a little and be like, no, let me tell you how it really is. Um, but this was the first one where they got kind of passive aggressive at me or even aggressive aggressive yeah. with that fucking script. I wanted to shove that script so far up his ass when he handed that to me. But I was like, you know what? They're going to listen to a complaint better if I walk out of here calmly and don't mm-hmm. punch him in the face because then it's going to be she's crazy. But I'm going to walk out of here the nicest person on the planet and then I'm going to. Mm-hmm. ruin his ass was my plan and I do plan on reaching to the board of medicine thank you for that information because Kevin was like I'm calling the department of health <laughs> <laughs> oh they want you yeah <laughs> I was like Kevin I found out it's the, the you board have to of go medicine. to the licensing body yeah um, but it was just it was shocking how it made me feel and it didn't make me feel bad about my body I did I thankfully I told the people that I complained to, like, I'm genuinely thankful this happened to me and Uh not a 17-year-old girl who already has an eating disorder or body issues who is going to take this man to heart. It happened to me, a loudmouth broad who's going to tell this doctor any way she can that, like, I stood up for myself in the appointment. I wasn't rude. I wasn't crazy. I didn't punch him. I wanted to. Um, but I stood up for myself in the appointment and then I wrote a a long complaint and spoke to somebody on the phone like that wouldn't necessarily have happened if it had been a young person or somebody that feels they don't right. have I a I was going to say I'm 37 and mm-hmm. I don't think I would, you know, I that would... No, Nina would have had to leave this podcast recording three times exactly. to play herself. I would have cried and then cried the At whole way home and then cried again and then. Whereas I'm considering how I can go back yeah. and shit in his office. Right. 
I'm punching right. someone, then crying. And then, or reaching right out to Suzanne. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was so grateful that I had the ability, like, uh, Suzanne thankfully gave me some specialists to contact to talk yeah. about my liver numbers, my liver that function That was also numbers. my concern. You're like, still really sick. You know, there was no, no right. discussion of, like, well, even if this is really benign, let's just have you checked out by a specialist. Yeah. Especially in case it were to ever escalate. Yeah. You want to have that care on board. But while it may be a good thing that happened to you because you could handle yourself, it does nothing to inspire confidence right. in the healthcare system. Yeah. It makes you feel like you don't have any advocates and where can you right. turn yeah. for help? Yeah. Yeah. And I that's why I'm so glad that health at every size is, is a thing. And I couldn't find it. But there is, they don't really have a search program where you can find doctors that are have taken the vow. They do. So on ASDA, the Association for Size, Diversity, and Health, you can look for providers, mental health and medical providers, who have identified themselves as Hayes providers. I think one of the problems is that a lot of advocates don't know that that exists, so they don't know they can identify themselves. And then two right. people don't know to look there. And then the third thing is yeah. that when you do look there, it's pretty sparse depending yeah. on where you yeah. live in the country. I've definitely told doctors that I have that I found were that didn't focus. Like I have an acupuncturist that takes very good care of me. He does not focus on my weight. If I ask him something, he tells me. He doesn't tell me it's like I told him I have this liver issue and he wasn't like, oh, well, let's press that. <laughs> let's stick a pin in that fat button. He was like, okay, we can, I can help you with liver filtration with your, I love acupuncture. It's amazing. But I even told him like, you should go on this site mm -hmm. and sign yourself up because he doesn't bring up my weight. He doesn't talk about it unless it's something I want to talk about. And I'm like, I think I think you should read the Hayes vow and see if I don't know if it's a vow it's a or a mission. Promise. Like I'm making a, it sound very. I'm a I'm a I'm an ex you know church goer. Everything's a vow to me. It's committing to practice in from a harm reduction standpoint, essentially. Yeah, and I think it'd be great if we, uh, Megan and Nina, put that information yeah. on our Instagram so people can find it whether they're practice practitioners or they're actual patients yes, that I are agree. looking for a right. certain thing um I think right. it'd be good because right, I couldn't exactly. find it right. and I know it exists right <laughs> well and it's just you know I saw a cat. um the things and I think I'm thinking of this in this way because Suzanne brought up like the doctor flexing, but we all kind of come back from doctor's appointments and report, oh, I didn't get weight. They didn't talk to me about my weight. It's kind of fucked up that that's our go-to anyway. Like, who am I safe? Like, yeah, right. Um, that's one of the things, and, you know, you brought it up, but one of the things, like, I'd been listening to our last episode, and at the end, and I was like, Shit, Jamie was so positive about her experience. And it was a, my, I still hold that up. My ER experience was amazing. That doctor mm -hmm. read through all my tests. She told me everything that was going on. She was very 
um, transparent about the things she was mm-hmm. seeing. She didn't talk down to me. She made faces at me when I made fat jokes. Like, it was such mm-hmm. a positive right. experience. And even the office, before I met with the doctor, everyone in the administrative part, uh, the the woman who checked me in, the, like the nurse that did the the check-in part, she was mm-hmm. amazing. Everybody was kind. Um, I was sweating so much that somebody who worked in like the offices came out and saw me sweating and got me a cold compress. Like everyone <laughs> was so kind until mm-hmm. we met this doctor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You and know, like you it, said, I wonder how many people he's done this to and have not said anything. Yeah. yeah. Especially since you could hear. Yeah. Literally, it happening right next to Yeah, you. and I heard the woman. She was like, oh, that's a great idea. And I could tell this woman was not like yeah, a spring chicken. Just... She knew that yeah. calorie counting was a thing. Who doesn't know that calorie right. counting's a thing? Right. Wait. Right. Oh, my God. There's right. nutritional. I actually texted my mom and my brother in that appointment. And I was like, <sighs> guys, did you guys know there's serving sizes? I found the secret of being skinny. <laughs> you just eat the serving size. If you don't eat too much, you won't be fat. This doctor shared everything. And I told him, I told him, I was like, listen, I am genetically fat. Like, should I show you a family picture? Should I show you a history of my family? My mother is, my mother is, is plus size. My brother is plus size. My um, second cousins are plus, like, it, it's not just me my mother's aunts and cousins were all plus size like it is a genetic predisposition my my father's mother was plus size i have watched my mother diet and exercise until she's blue in the face and she's still plus size it's like sometimes you just have to say okay you tell me that you've done this you tell me that you've tried x y and z and then tell me to just keep doing it Tell, ask me why I couldn't keep up with it. Like that. that so... When he said you just can't stick with it, I almost like spit on him. Ugh. That I. That yeah, is like. It just it brings up a lot. Like so, even after this short conversation, it's really interesting to me that yeah, this must be this guy's only flex. Like I think, and I think Suzanne empowers me. Um, just by like following her, yeah. Like we're allowed to ask questions. Like this, this isn't a good. Like this doesn't make sense. This isn't going to work for me. Um, but I think that guy probably has worked in that time where you have the lady next door saying, "Yeah, calorie counting. I never thought of that." Yeah. Like where we kind of submit to doctors. Yeah. Right. Instead of being like, "Okay, you have more. You know stuff." I probably know some other stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, when you get down to it, I mean, it's a... Yes. They're in a position of power. Here's the thing about healthcare. So, I graduated from my master's of nursing program in 2014. Let's assume that this gentleman (laughs) is at least 10 years older than me. Probably 20. But... So he could have graduated from his medical program in in 2004 or 1994. Oh no, this man was brand new. I I go to a. Um, oh, he was. Yeah, I go to a doctor's he was, office. Like, brand that, new out of medical school. Like residence. Oh, he's a resident. Yeah. 
All right. Well, so he didn't learn shit. Let me let's put that aside. Yeah. You know, because his issue could be complete lack of confidence Mm -hmm. in his ability to practice medicine, which is a whole other problem. My point is, you know, as Ferris Bueller says, like, time moves quickly. Whatever that quote was from his <laughs> If movie. you don't stop and smell the roses, that's something right. like that. Medicine changes quickly. You have to keep up with the emerging evidence. So what you learn about how to manage a disease process when you're in medical school versus five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later, you are not practicing the same type of medicine at any point in your career. Yeah. It's actually why I would pretty much never recommend that anyone go into healthcare because the education required (laughs) to keep up is exhausting. And then you have to do it in your free time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had to do continued education for my insurance license when I had that. And that's nothing mm-hmm. compared to medical. So I can't even imagine the amount of stuff that changes. Especially that. primary care, where someone could walk in with a splinter or their foot falling off, or you just never know. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it's really completely inappropriate to suggest to someone that the only inf- intervention is only weight loss. Yeah. My questions that I always recommend people asking are, is this evidence-based? And where can I find this information? What scientific study (laughs) would tell me this? And then, is this the same intervention you'd recommend for someone in a smaller body with the same problem? That's great. Which really trips people up because there are thin people with diabetes. Yeah. Thin people with fatty liver disease, thin people with hypertension and high cholesterol, thin people with asthma, the list goes on. So if this is not the same thing you'd recommend to a thinner person, then this is not a viable treatment option. Yeah. Wow, those are great. That's really good. (laughs) Those are great questions. Um, I hope Uh, that everybody stayed on and listened and didn't get nervous about my trigger warning. <laughs> no, and we'll recap them because that is like, yeah, that's so empowering that I can say to somebody, is this science based mm-hmm. or what was that evidence the first based? One? Evidence based. Is this evidence based? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's just like, again, Toot and Sue's is lovely, the prettiest horn I know. <laughs> Um, horn. But it really, horn? She has. She's a like, horn. No, she's tooting horn. Oh. horn. <laughs> but Suzanne has empowered me a lot with those kind of things. I still think I cry and punch. Yeah. But or I cry call and and tell her. Yeah. Tell them. Tell on them to her. Yeah. Like I said, I definitely. Uh, Megan, I'm sure you remember my call. Right. Where I just screamed into traffic while I told her all the things he said to me. And then I came home and cried on the phone with my daddy. I was like, this is what this man said to me. I don't understand why he said it to me. He was yeah. a bully. Like, he was a bully. Yeah, he was. He is. But, you know, and part of Jamie wanting to even, like, put this out there, because, you know, sometimes people don't want to talk about medical shit they have going on. 
was because it is such an important thing that all of us probably have experienced in some way or another. So we had a great connection yeah. to be able to try to drop some knowledge. Yeah. yeah. And I this. love that question. The last question of, is this the same treatment you would give mm-hmm. to somebody in a smaller body? Cause that's something that I'm definitely concerned of. I think we've all read articles where women, uh, Full-figured, plus-size women, obese women have been misdiagnosed, mm-hmm. mistreated mm-hmm. because they were, uh, you know, a certain number on the BMI chart. Mm-hmm. They were ignored for the issues they were having mm-hmm. because they were fat. And I just think it's so important to stick up for yourself when you can if you don't feel mm-hmm. like you have the <laughs> the medical intelligence, mm-hmm. like I said, I called my my uh, veins blood highways. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking. <laughs> it also means that we misdiagnose thin people as well, yeah, because we're more likely to see things as a fluke. So if a thin person comes in with a very high blood pressure, it's white coat mm-hmm. syndrome or stress or anxiety because. Mm-hmm we don't see them as being in a body that develops that disease. Mm. And it also makes it difficult to have conversations with those thin patients. Cause I will have people say to me, you know, but I'm, I'm not fat. So why do I have this? Or I will have fat patients say to me, I don't want to start a medication. I'll just lose weight. And then I have to explain to you, you can lose Mm. weight. But that doesn't mean that you won't then have yeah. this particular right. condition. Yeah. No, I just. Yeah, that's really important. I love, I, I've said it before. I think it's important to stand up for yourself. Demand the help that you deserve. Demand the care that you deserve. And I think with uh, the the info sheets from Health at Every Size, that's just one step closer to people being able to do that for themselves. Mm-hmm. To be mm-hmm. able. Let me ask this question, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Jamie. No, you're okay. But Suzanne, how do you think it would be? Like, what do you recommend? Say, if would it be a bad idea for me to have Jamie or Nina come to an appointment with me, or someone who's more outspoken, or what about somebody who feels uncomfortable doing this, like? I think you could definitely bring an advocate. COVID changes how we right. can navigate that. So if you can't bring someone in person, then you can have them on the phone or FaceTime and you can let the provider know. I just want to let you know that I have my advocate here um, so that I can make sure that I hear the information, um, you know, and can process yeah. it because it's, it's hard to know and it's hard to take all of that in an appointment sometimes, especially if it's about something where there's a lot of anxiety or fear and it's an acute Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. issue. I think if we're going to have any compassion for this individual, it's probably in that if he is a new provider, he is not confident in his medical practice and has also not taken the time to interrogate his own biases, which you have to do routinely 
in um, in healthcare. Like you always have to look at what internal biases that you have that could affect right. your patient care. Yeah, yeah, and I just I uh, I forgot. What <laughs> It's gone. It's gone. My brain has gone blank. But like Nina has expressed before, like Nina's, when we talk about it, Nina would say, like, I, I disagree. Talk. You know, like every, like I, I've talked about it before, like my right. psychiatrist, um, every time I go in there every month or every three months, she weighs me and then tells me all the things I need to do to change that, you know, every, and she's but exactly she's a psychiatrist, she's a psychiatrist. <laughs> exactly. And I she's say okay every time. She's like, there, she's like, there's a nap, my fitness pal, <laughs> and then she tells me how to eat and stuff. And the whole time I'm like, okay, you're right, okay. And then I leave, and you know, it's yeah. <laughs> Stay in your lane, so. people. I forgot. Also, that only really matters if you're on a medication that could induce yeah. significant weight gain, like Risperdal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot to tell you, Nina. When he started with calorie counting, he said, oh there's my this app called My Fitness Pal. And oh I God. literally, it's not I literally was like, oh my God. I'm like PTSD from My Fitness Pal. I was like, yeah. are you Nina's psychiatrist? Because uh, no. As if every fat person exactly. hasn't heard of these That's things. That's the thing. I always tell people, if you want to know more. about a diet or nutrition, talk right. to a fat person because it has been drilled mm-hmm, yeah. into our heads yeah. so far that yeah. we know every app yes we know yeah. every diet oh. also tell him that the weight watchers diet was originally based off of a new york city department of health free program and how many times weight watchers has changed <laughs> their program in the last decade so if it really works for so many people, yeah. Yeah. why are people still <laughs> doing it? <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> yes. Why didn't it fix us? They would have been out they of business because everyone would be successful. Yes, they should be out of business if it was like, Noom, get off get off my jock, Noom. I don't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> We're not friends, Noom. <laughs> Noom is like red light, green light. Like yeah. the adult version of it's that the kids, with a diet. It's the kids Weight Watchers. It's the kids' Weight Watchers. Yeah, yeah. it's Kerbo. Yeah. Oh, fuck Kerbo. But you get a coach, but you have no clue what that coach's credentials are. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just being coached by right. I don't know Joe Schmo down yeah. the street who. Jamie Stockton. Yeah, Jamie Stockton is the coach on there. I just I just want to tell everybody like, your body is your body is your body. It's good. It's gonna break sometimes in certain ways. Do what you can yeah. to be good to it. Your body is good it's to you. It's not always your fault for being sad. Yeah. I, and even if weight was a component of some condition that you develop, that doesn't mean you deserve substandard or non-compassionate exactly. yes. care. Yeah. yeah. Bottom line. And that was something that I said to the woman that I complained to after the appointment. I was like, listen. I have a fat body. I also have a fat liver. I understand that my fat body could contribute to my fat liver. 
but I need you to still fix my fat liver. I still need you to, I understand yeah. that my liver might be a problem because I'm fat, but I'm not fat because I'm just sitting on my couch eating bunions all the time. And, and, and even too, if I like, were, just fucking fix it. <laughs> the other thing too, just take into the like, Fucking read the room. We've been in a fucking pandemic for a year, you motherfucker. Excuse me, Suze. <laughs> we swear a lot. But this fucking doctor is like, give me a fuck. Like, just compassion on human level. Pandemic. And I had lost you weight don't... over the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I just can't. I'm very. So with that said, Suze, I'm very happy that you're in medicine. And I'm very happy that I know you. Because you've empowered me. As I like to say, you never see in the news that a nurse practitioner got sued or went to jail. It's always a doctor. Well, nurse practitioners are fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean. Because you guys listen. Yeah. Well, we come from a different philosophy, which is solely, it's not a diagnostic philosophy. It's Mm -hmm. a patient-centered care philosophy. Yeah. Nurses are always the best. <laughs> I've never met so a nurse good. I didn't like. I've definitely <laughs> met a doctor that I didn't like. I know. I like, I, that's like the way, cause I'm always so impressed by it. But like, I think I constantly lead with that with Suzanne. This is Suzanne. She's a nurse practitioner. Like, cause she embodies it. Like, I feel like you do. You are so compassionate, so caring. It goes across race, body size, age, economic standing, like everybody yeah. gets the same level of care from Susan. Yeah, and even just the information that you provide for people via Instagram yeah. and people that you're reaching out to via social media, like those people might yeah. not get that information otherwise. And I think what you're doing right. is important and helpful. And like I said, I'm very thankful that I, I had somebody that I could reach out to when I had this experience to yeah. be like, tell me the right things. <laughs> tell me the right, right yeah. things. Cause this man told me the wrong ones. <laughs> so confusing. We are very lucky, but so, um, I think, yeah, thank you for sharing. Jamie, thank you us. to you for being honest and sharing this. No problem. I want to, I, like I said, I want people to feel like they can stand up for themselves and if anybody needs an advocate like i said i know nothing about medicine but i will yell at some doctors for you i go with my mother i yell at her doctors for her because my mother is a very sweet shy woman and i will be like no give her something else (laughs) so between following suzanne and asking jamie to advocate for you you're like your doctors will be like, that is amazing. <laughs> I know. I was like, by the time I'm done with this man, he's going to be writing his manifesto against fat women. <laughs> Got yelled at. Because when you go to renew your licenses, they ask if there's any complaints against your oh, licenses. Dear diary, a fat lady got me in trouble today. And I'm not advocating that we try and ruin people's lives, but... Even as a provider, I'm sick of practicing with these people because yeah. it really causes harm. Yeah. What he does, what he did, wasn't just wasn't just like misinformation or yeah. bias. It, it was, was straight up yeah. bullying. This man deserves a complaint against him. Right. He was cruel unnecessarily. He was uh, yeah, aggressive, condescending, yeah. very condescending. 
And I'm a 39-year-old woman. If you don't think I right. know that serving sizes exist, you must think I've been, like, in a bomb shelter underground, like, in a cult. I, I, just because I don't <laughs> adhere to your suggestion. <laughs> you mean I can't eat that whole bag of Cheetos? I thought one bag was one serving. Um, Son of a bitch. But yeah, so I hope everybody learned something. I think our fat girl hack of this week is ask those questions. We're going to repeat them. Uh-huh. You repeat them, somebody. So is this an evidence-based intervention? And is this something that you would recommend to a thin person or a smaller bodied person with the same condition. Yeah, those are great. Those are great questions. Stand up for yourself. If you can't stand up for yourself, find yes, <laughs> find somebody who can. We will definitely share the Hayes website as well as the one yeah. with the doctor search. Um, if you are a medical practicer, <laughs> look into getting you medical provider. <laughs> getting your name on some lists and uh right. and uh definitely because we're out there and we're looking for you yes yeah i mean the average and we're telling all our friends <laughs> remember the average size woman in the united states is size 16 so that means there's yeah. more of us than there are of the uh smaller bodied people that are getting different treatment and we're coming for you. We're worse than any mommy group in terms of <laughs> gossiping and info sharing. Absolutely. I was going to say, fat, fat people are like vegans. Like, if there is a vegan thing at a gas station in Minnesota, we're sharing. Like, if they had... Same thing with fat people. And we have to. We have to protect each other. We have to be there. And we have to try to make the journey easier for people who are maybe coming who are younger than us or even who are older and haven't spoken up yeah yeah so So stay strong ask questions stick up for yourself if you feel uncomfortable you're allowed to leave you're allowed to fire your doctor they work for you Mm -hmm. absolutely they definitely do but Suze, thank you thank so, you so much, much for, Suzanne, for coming. Yeah, this is really. Been, thank thanks you. for having me as a party crasher. <laughs> <laughs> You're our first guest. Yeah. This is the one to have it as a first guest because Suzanne, yeah. like body pod, the body positivity, like fat activism community, all comes back to Suzanne somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Please send my gift basket of Funyuns and Cheetos. <laughs> <to your house. laughs> Megan, that's what we do. Yeah. We just send candy. Yeah. Stay fat, people. Stay fat. Uh, I was called an obesity advocate recently. It's not something I'd call myself, but you know, whatever works for you. It's okay. It's okay to be you. <laughs> Most doctors are old.